0: what is up everybody we're back with another episode this week this is a special episode because some of you that listen to the show you may know that my favorite fighter is habib and this week he is fighting none other than none other than justin gaethje i'm so excited for this fight school's taken a backseat this week all i've been thinking about this week is how can habib be justin how can justin beat habib and i feel like i got a pretty good analysis of how the fight can go down i've been going through a lot of scenarios in my head so, I hope you guys listen, and I mean, I might not be right about everything I say, but I feel like I know Habib well enough, I feel like I've seen Justin enough to get a good glimpse of how the fight's going to go, but we'll get into that later. Some of the things I'm going to cover uh, today is the fight between Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega, the fight between Teofimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko, which was probably the better fight of the two last Saturday, and... And I'm going to also cover a couple other fights on the 254 card, like Jared Cannonier and Robert Whittaker, which is a great fight, a title contender fight. You got Alexander Volkov versus Stefan Struve. The rematch between Magomed Ankalaev versus Ian Kuteleba. Tough, tough names to say, but we got through it. And then you got Stefan Struve and Tai Tuivasa. So some good fights this weekend. I can't wait. It's an... It's a special sp- start time. It's starting at 1 p.m. Central time, so tune in for that. But I'll start out with Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie. Alright, let's go. So, what I love about the sport is that you never really know what you're going to get from a fighter that's been on a big layoff. So, the way I thought this fight would go down is either Brian would have to grapple Korean Zombie to win, or Korean Zombie would just outstrike him because he has really good striking and very good boxing. Which is not evident that uh, Brian had that in the Max Holly fight. But the cool thing about the sport is that you can adjust. Especially at a young age like Brian. he's still learning a lot. So, obviously, he changed camps. And he definitely saw that striking was his biggest issue. And he needed to fix it if he wanted to become a UFC champ. So, his new trainers definitely implemented a new system. And... I I I picked Korean zombie just based off of like I didn't I didn't know how good Brian got I don't know if that max Holloway loss ruined his career Because there's two ways you can go from that loss you can just be like, okay. I'm not good enough to be a champ. I'm done. Maybe it's not for me I'll just be a journeyman whatever or maybe I'll stop fighting at a young age all but what it also can do is it can ignite that flame that you started out with when you got into fighting and it can it can make you look at fighting differently I'm, I'm assuming Brian was undefeated. He kind of thought he was on top of the world like nobody can beat him He had these spectacular finishes everybody was hyping him up He was kind of sipping on his own Kool-Aid a little bit too much and that happens with these young fighters but luckily for Brian, he's a Smart enough guy good enough fighter to where he realizes that he needs to make a lot of adjustments and Although he's been with that team for a while the only person in that team that he really was close with was like Henry Gracie that taught him <clears throat> some shit, because obviously his jujitsu was phenomenal, but his striking was very very amateurish. It was slow. His footwork was kind of like flat footed. He didn't move around very well. His kicks were non-existent, and he had he had some good like elbows and knees, but that was about it. Uh, f- for him to win the fight, you'd have to it would have to be uh, in a submission, usually. Unless you get the, uh, like a lucky, not a lucky knockout against Frankie Edgar, but it, it's not, it wasn't as clean of a knockout as he would have nowadays with the striking. So, as soon as the first round hit, he had a nice wide stance. He uh, came out as orthodox, if I remember right, but he switched the southpaw because I think Korean Zombie was kicking his legs. But honestly, I think he realized midway through the fight, that Southpaw is honestly the way that he should fight from now on, cause his jab from Southpaw is lightning quick. His jabs were good. His leg kicks and body kicks were phenomenal. Krianzabi kept coming at him, trying to find him, but he couldn't reach him, cause Brian Ortega had a great use of distance. And what Brian Ortega also did really well is he feinted takedowns. And I think DC said this, and I'm glad that he said it, cause I was thinking the same thing. I've never seen a fighter. Go for takedowns not get them and it worked out in their favor so well he got like one takedown i think that whole fight and he got into mount position but korean zombie was so afraid of those takedowns and the fact that brian would go for those takedowns it would tire korean zombie out and then whenever they would break when korean zombie would defend the takedown he would get a good punch off on him or like an elbow strike or a knee or something so he'd make him pay for the takedown defense and he'll also make him more tired. So he controlled the entirety of the fight in all aspects of Mixed Martial Arts, which I love to see. Um, yeah, it seems like Korean Zabi didn't really, ha- really have an answer. He definitely didn't expect Brian to come out that way. And that's what's so cool. Like You have these game plans about fighters, and they come out and they fight way differently than you think they're going to fight. One guy I can credit, I credit that to is Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo always comes on and fights in a different way depending on who he's fighting. And I feel like that's how you got to be as an MMA fighter in most scenarios. Unless you're Habib, who we're going to talk about later, uh, who you know what he's going to do, but he does it anyways. I think it's awesome to be uh, a fighter that can adjust because Brian could have just been like, you know what, my jujitsu is good enough. I'll just stick with that and I'll be on the top of the division. Maybe I won't ever win a belt, but I'll be on the top of the division with my great jiu-jitsu. I'm glad that he didn't settle for just his jujitsu. He came out there; it was a beautiful performance, and it really tells you that you never know who's gonna win a fight after a long layoff like that. You know, there was no ring rust at all for Brian. It was beautiful to see. He caught him with that spinning elbow. Beautiful distance control. He controlled the entirety of the fight. If you told me last week Brian's gonna win, uh, based off of outstriking Korean Zombie and beating him five rounds to zero, and outclassing him, I I would have laughed at you. I, I, if Brian won the fight, I would have been like, oh, was it a first or second round triangle choke or uh, some type of submission? But he surprised me, and I'm glad he surprised me, because I've been a huge Brian Ortega fan, especially when he was coming up. And I've always been singing his praises. But what sucks about this sport is they scream your defeats, and they whisper your victories. When Brian when Brian lost to Max, everybody was like, ah, he's done. He's not that good anymore. But when he was beating Cub Swanson, he was beating Hinato Micano and Frank Edgar, everybody was like, dude, this is the new guy. This is the uh, new champ- champion of this division. He's going to hold the belt for a while, you know? He looked good. He looked like a champion. But uh, uh, Brian knew as, as soon as he lost, all those advertisements that were going after him, everybody just kind of left him, you know? So it's cool to see a resurgence of a fighter that I was a fan of. Uh, probably should not stick with that bald haircut though. He looked, he looked a little strange, but who knows? Maybe that's his good luck charm. I don't know. But uh, that's all that for that fight. And for the who they should fight next, Brian's definitely gonna fight Alexander Volkanovski, and I'm super excited about that fight now. Uh, the new Brian with distance control. I think he can do very good against Volkanovski. It's not going to be walking walk in the park like Korean Zombie. Because uh, Korean Zombie is kind of flat-footed. And he just kind of walks forward. He's pretty easy to read. But Volkanovski is a very smart fighter. And I know he's going to do his research on that fight. And and him, him and his coaches are going to make a good game plan for the fight. But I know Alexander's probably not going to try to take him down because of the threat of Jiu-Jitsu. So it's mostly going to be a stand-up war. Because uh, Volkanovski has good takedown defense himself, but I'm excited about that fight. It's probably going to happen in February, so I I can't wait for that fight, man. I'm definitely going to be watching that because I love both guys. And then for Korean Zombie, um, well, there's a couple things you can do. He could fight somebody like Calvin Cater. but I'd rather watch Calvin Cater fight Max Holloway, so I don't really want that personally. But I'd rather have him fight somebody like. Um, Just the top of my top of the dome. I'm thinking of maybe like Edson Barbosa or something. That'd be kind of cool But I'll just look at the rankings real quick and see Who is uh, In there, let's see here so Korean zombie was uh, He I think he was fourth he was ranked number four now. He's ranked number five So then you got you got Josh Emmett number seven, which would be a dope fight Jeremy Stevens is always a good fight Shane Burgos Edson Barboza though, I, I would love to see an Edson Barboza fight, or like a Ryan Hall, something like that. i would be kind of sick. But yeah, it's not over for Crane Zombie, but he is gonna, he is getting a little older, so I don't know how much he's got left in him, and I hope that fight doesn't deter him away from keep, keeping fighting because uh, I love watching him fight. So yeah, there's that. And then the fight that really showed out last Saturday, in my opinion was not that fight, although it was good. Uh, the boxing match was much better. Teofimo Lopez versus Vasily Lomachenko was a uh, pretty competitive fight. N- the first se- six, seven rounds were not. But the l- later parts of the fight were super uh, dope. And I-, I just miss these boxing nights where the best fight each other. Like, I feel like we need more of that. And respect to Teofimo Lopez. And Lomachenko for taking this fight they didn't need to they could have just drawn it out milked out some more money but I just I just love that they're they're going out there and, and they're uh they're defending their belts they're fighting for the undisputed belts that they they have a lot to lose if they lose the fight but they're going out there because they're, they're boxers a lot of these boxers they take these easy fights And I, I just don't understand because I feel like if you want to create your legacy, the money fights will come if you beat the guys that, like, come with it, you know what I mean? So, like, Teofimo Lopez beating Lomachenko, taking that chance, that puts him in a phenomenal position at 23 years old. The second youngest undisputed champion behind Mike Tyson. You don't think people are going to be calling his name, being like, Devin Hayes going to be like, I want to fight Teofimo Lopez, Gervonta Davis. All these guys are going to want to fight him to uh because he's the champ now but nobody wanted to fight him before because he was just this killer who not a lot of people knew and some people are saying that it was robbery some people are saying that it was a draw but it's like what fight are you watching lomachenko threw five punches in the first six rounds and not literally but it seemed like he was through he threw five punches in those first six rounds because what lomachenko does is he takes the first couple rounds off kind of So he downloads you, he downloads your uh, movements, your feints, the way your head moves, simple things, complex things like that, and then he downloads that information, and then he controls the second half of the fight, and he makes you quit because you can't do anything, because he figures you out. Teofimo Lopez didn't let him do that. First six rounds, he kept him humble with with the jab. He was very quick. I didn't know Teofimo Lopez was that quick. And a good boxer like that. I knew he had strength and he was an athlete, but I didn't know he had that speed. It seemed like he wasn't faster than Lomachenko, I would say, but his counters were phenomenal. He outboxed the best boxer in the world, apparently. Because Lomachenko was known as a world beater. 396 wins and one loss as an amateur, and Teofimo Lopez outboxed him. Uh, great jabs, good shots at the body. And in that 12th round, bro, he made himself known as a champion. His dad said, don't get into a fight with him. Don't fight on the inside with him. Just box with him. him." But Teofimo Lopez, being the champ that he is, and knowing something more than his dad, went out there and just fought Lomachenko and beat the shit out of him for the whole 12th round. And I think he would have won in my scorecard. I had the first seven to Teofimo and the last uh, last round to Teofimo. So 8-4. But I, I would have had it 7-5 if he didn't win that 12th round. Some people disagree, but I, I thought that he controlled most of the fight. I wouldn't... Uh, the the scorecards were not that good. Uh, Harold Letterman's daughter, Jul- Julie Letterman, had it 11-1 to for Tia Fimo. That's egregious. That's really fucking bad. And then one guy had it 9-3. to I don't agree with that either. And then the other judge had it 116-112, which is eight rounds to four, which is what I scored it, and I thought that that was very fair. He definitely won the fight. You can't say that it was a draw, or the Lomachenko won, in my opinion. Some people are saying it might be a draw. I don't think so. The first, the second, and seventh round are the ones that they're talking about. Seventh round, I thought Tiofimo still won, even though that was the round that Lomachenko was starting to put up some steam. And the second round, Lomachenko only landed one left cross, really. So I wouldn't, I would not count that more than the jabs that. he Teofimo landed throughout the whole fight and controlled the entire round, but I don't know. I, I think it's a good a great fight for uh, Teofimo's legacy, and listening to him in the post-fight conference, he seems like a very smart individual, and he he seems like a good image for boxing, so I'm definitely watching his next fights for sure. He, he made me a fan that night, and I hope that other fighters act this way and we just start making these fights, man, like, why aren't Ter- why is Terrence Crawford not fighting Errol Spence Jr., they're the two, two of the best boxers in the world, and they don't want to fight each other, that's why I respect Canelo, I know Canelo's gotten some bullshit decisions, uh, in his career, that he didn't win, because of popularity, but at least he's fighting the best fight, at least he's finding the best options for himself, he's going up and waiting to find Kovalev, fighting Triple G, fighting Danny Jacobs, like, he's, He's fighting Billy Joe Saunders now. He's fighting the best uh, fights he can. He's not fighting these paper champs or these uh, two-and-up fights constantly, like a Gary Russell or whatever. But I don't know, man. I feel like these guys, they all try to be Money Mayweather. And Tiofimo Malopez actually said this. They all try to be Money Mayweather, but they can't figure out that they need to be Pretty Boy first. Floyd Mayweather, although he's the Money money Man, money, Money Guy, whatever the fuck he says, and he takes all these money fights and picks and chooses opponents, whatever. At a young age, he was fighting everybody and beating the shit out of them. When he gets, when you get older, you deserve to pick and choose your fights a little bit because, he, he what is he like? 40, he was like 45 and 0. Yeah, he's gonna pick and choose his fights a little bit. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're trying to make the most income because you know, every year you get older, you become there's a bigger chance you can lose. So I don't I don't blame like. I just don't understand why everyone at a young age is trying to be like Money Mayweather when you you got to earn your keep. Back in the 70s, 80s, these guys were all fighting each other every single year. It was awesome. You're killing boxing by not having these fights. It's it's a travesty to, to the fans. But that fight was dope. I hope we have more of that. Teofimo Lopez is a beast. Uh he he uh he defended that onslaught from the 8th to 11th round where Lomachenko was kind of piecing him up and almost knocked him down actually but he showed the heart of a champion and he won that 12th round and respect to you I had him winning 8-4 and that's all for that card now we have UFC 254 <sighs> might be the biggest card of the year I'd say got it's in Fight Island, last fight on Fight Island. I'm a huge Habib fan, I've been nervous all week. But first, let's talk about some of the other fights, I'll do some other predictions. Alright, first prediction I'm going to do for this. Uh, Taito Iwasa and Stefan Struve. Alright, so with Stefan Struve, he has the longest reach in the UFC, he's like a 7 foot man. Uh, eighty four inch ringshot. I think it's the same as John Jones. And with Stefan Struve, he he does things that are good throughout his career, but he fucks up a lot. He leaves his chin open a lot. He just he messes up a lot. But luckily he's fighting a guy that's not too good, in my opinion, tied to Ivasa. He's lost his last three and he's probably fighting for his job at this point. Because I think they' I, I don't think the shoey thing is going to keep him in the UFC. Um, the way I see this fight going is Stefan or the way I, I, I should see this fight going for Stefan Struve is that he keeps on the outside, doesn't let Ty Tuivasa get inside, just kind of chips away at him with reach and leg kicks and uh push kicks for the first two rounds, wins those, stays away from the power, and then if tai, Tuivasa gets tired maybe takes him down and tries to submit him with a rear naked choke. So, Stefan Struve, third down submission. That's that's my pick. And then you have Magomed Ankolov versus Ian Kutilaba. So this fight, it's been rescheduled a couple times because the first fight, uh, Kevin and McDonald stopped the fight a little too early. Ian Kutilaba was playing possum, which is a horrible idea in MMA. But he he uh faked like he was hurt, so Magomed would uh get undisciplined and go in, and so he could try to go for the knockout. But Kevin McDonald unfortunately stopped the fight, and it was the cause of a lot of controversy. So they they res- tried to reschedule it for like another card, but then one of them got COVID. I think it was Ian, and now they're fighting this Saturday. So it's finally going to happen this Saturday. Both guys are healthy. And this is going to definitely be uh, a stand and bang type of fight. Someone's getting knocked out. And if I had to pick, I would probably go with the person that I think is a better striker overall. And who hurt Ion Kutilaba in the first fight. I'm going to go with Magomed Ankulov. I think Ion is not going to be able to play possum this fight. Magomed has cleaner striking and i feel like he'll get that knockout win in probably the second round so i'll go with that and then next you got alexander volkov versus walteris i'm rooting for walteris because he's a good dude he's had a, he has he's had a tough year his daughter died or got murd- murdered actually so i'm rooting for walteris but the issue with walteris is that he's kind of a one round and done guy He's good in the first round. He can knock you in the first round with great power, but after the first round, his chances of winning the fight diminish severely. You side in the Overeem fight, he did good in the first round. in the first round. He did oh, he did good against Overeem. If I remember, I think he hit, hit him with a good shot and maybe knocked him down, but then got tired in the second round and Overeem ultimately, I think he submitted him or TKO'd him, just kind of beat him up because Walters got tired. And I think a similar thing is going to happen this Saturday with Volkov. Uh, I think Volkov is smart enough to avoid Walt's power punches in the first round, especially with his long reach. So I think Volkov will just keep it on the outside. Walter is going to try to blitz him and knock him out. He's going to be ineffective in doing that. And then Volkov is going to finish him. Or not finish him, actually. Probably decision win or third round finish. But I, I would say decision win is my is my guess. And then and then you got the title contender match with Jared Cannonier and Robert Whitaker. Very excited for this fight. Whoever's winning this is guaranteed a fight against Israel Adesanya. So there's a lot of stakes on the line. This is a three round fight, not a fifth round fight with, which changes things for me. If it was a five round fight, I'd probably go with Robert. Because I've never seen Jared go five rounds. I don't know if his cardio can keep up with that. But the interesting thing about this fight is Jared Cannonier used to be a heavyweight at one point, and now he's a middleweight. Robert Whitaker used to be a welterweight, and now he's a middleweight. So this is a guy who used to be a welterweight fighting a guy who used to be a heavyweight, which is nuts. Um, I just feel like Robert does ha- Robert has very ni- very good speed. He's very quick. He's and we saw that in the Darren Till fight. He's a very fast, very fast hands and kicks. But I I don't really think that he won the Darren Till fight personally. And although he looked good, I don't think he looked crazy good. I think Jared Cannonier has looked very good in his past three fights. Even though two of those fights were David Branch and Anderson Silva, which are not the craziest wins. The way he won them... And the fight IQ that he showed in those fights, I think, is going to show this Saturday. And I also think that Robert's going to have trouble dealing with Jared's power and his leg kicks. Uh, Robert's going to try some leg kicks of his own, but I think Jared's leg kicks are going to be more effective because he throws more power. And I just think with every shot that Jared lands, it's going to back up Robert. And it's, Jared's a very good striker and, and he's sneaky. He he's he throws sneaky uppercuts and sneaky right hands that you can't really see because he does have pretty fast hands himself. And if Robert is not doing well in the striking, he's definitely not gonna be able to take down Jared Cannonier. If you watch Jared Cannonier's fight against Jack Hermanson, he showed some of the best takedown defense I've ever seen. And that's from a a huge guy in Jack Hermanson, so Robert is definitely not taking him down. And I think he knows that as well. I think he's gonna try to knock him out. But in in a three round fight, I favor Jared because of the strength. Cardio is not going to be a problem, and I just kind of feel that Jared has looked better in his last fights than uh, Robert has in his. And he just got done with the fifth five round fight against Darren Till. So my my gut is just telling me Jared Cannonier is going to go out and knock out Robert Whitaker. But I don't know. I could see this fight going both ways. I could see Robert's speed being an issue for uh, Jared Cannonier and him kind of moving out of the way and just continually th- throwing volume. But I could also see Jared getting inside and throwing good leg kicks as well as throwing sneaky uppercuts. And and if he and if he gets to Robert, I feel like Robert's not going to be able to deal with his power. So I'll go with Jared Cannonier second round knockout. But I'm super excited for that fight. That that fight is must-watch TV. Don't blink. And then you got the main event: Habib the Eagle Nurmagomedov versus Justin the Highlight Gaethje. All right. So I've wrote down a couple things I think is gonna happen. I'll just talk about them, and I'll talk about each fighter's keys to win in my opinion, and the way that I see this fight going for uh, each fighter. If uh, wh- wh- which whichever fighter wins? What I see? How how I see the fight going? So, Habib's key to win. Obviously, you got to keep Justin on the fence. You have to take him down and tire him out. Uh, I wrote some other things down. Watch out for leg kicks. Keep fighting at kicking range. Let him get tired, then go for submission. All right, so for Habib, you already know what he's going to do. He's going he's gonna to have distance control. He's going to keep the fight at a kicking length because he doesn't want to deal with uh, Justin's boxing range. So he's going to keep the fighter kicking uh, range. He's going to have to avoid leg kicks from Dustin, from Justin and push kicks. Because Justin's going to, uh, I assume, try to push him away with his kicks. And try to get those leg kicks so it's going to be tougher for Habib to take him down. Because Justin has very good leg kicks. He's either going to have to check them or he's going to have to catch them. So, And if he catches them and takes them down, Justin's not going to keep throwing them. <coughs> so... That's what he should do. He should definitely keep the fight on the fence, as he always does. uh, Wrestling in the open, although I think he probably could could out-wrestle Justin in the open, he's a much better wrestler on the cage with his control. Uh, I I just think from the first round on, keep Justin on the fence, go for that patent high crotch, trip, uh, get control of his waist, just do what Habib does. But the thing with Justin... Is he's gonna have to scramble uh, when when Habib gets him to the ground. I see a lot of fighters when they fight Habib, they just kind of sit on the fence and they try not to get tired, but they're just conceding around They're letting Habib win around, and you can't do that. You gotta have you gotta you gotta have Habib work for every round he gets. But the reason they don't scramble a lot and don't look for positions out is because whenever they try, Habib gets into a better position. For example. Dustin tried to switch on Habib, and as soon as he did that, every single time, Habib would just hold on to his waist because he had the waist control and get into a better position and mount Dustin and or finish him. Uh, Connor tried to do a hip escape, as soon as he did that, Habib got on his back and choked him out. People don't go for these things because they would rather just sit there and not get so tired and hope at the start of the next round to uh, get Habib wobbled. And some people have wobbled Habib. Michael Johnson, Dustin Poirier, kind of. Uh, Connor hit him with a good uppercut in the third round. You know, he, it, Habib does leave his chin open at times, but I think people don't give Habib enough credit for his distance control. He knows where he can get knocked out, and most of that is in boxing range. So he doesn't get into boxing range that much. With Dustin Poirier, I think he fought a perfect fight. He made Dustin fight at kicking range, but Dustin's not really a kicker. He's more of a boxer. So that was one good one good thing he did. But I, I just feel like you kind of know what Habib needs to do to win. Keep him on the fence. High, con- keep the control. I think for the first two rounds, just try to do that. Don't get into boxing range with Justin. Terrible idea. Um, just try to control Justin first two rounds and then Justin will get tired his strikes will not be as good it'll sap his energy and then go for the takedown again in the third round keeps he keep hitting them keep doing what Habib does tie his legs up and I think go for that submission in the third round and yeah that that's probably the keys to Habib to win but I think for Justin he needs to scramble if he gets to the ground because just just staying there you're conceding defeat every time you scramble there is a chance that habib could get into a better position and choke you out but you have to take that risk and i think justin will take that risk he doesn't give a fuck you know so you need to try to scramble you have to try to move and i think with with habib justin needs to implement heavy movement push kicks If he goes in there and tries to take Khabib's head off, I don't think it's a good idea, to be honest, because Habib is very good at getting his head off the center line when he shoots. And if you go in for those big shots, he's going to just take you down, and it's going to lose your energy. In Justin's first fight fight against uh, Tony Ferguson, he was winning the early rounds, yes, but he was getting tired, and and he he got hit by an uppercut by uh, Tony, and Trevor Whitman gave him great advice. He said, take 10% off your punches and Justin just went back in the third round and put a clinic on Tony Ferguson he didn't throw all this power but he threw enough and he controlled the entire fight so I think that's what Justin should do I think Justin should try to throw low power leg kicks and I think he should obviously he's going to get taken down that's that's unavoidable but I think if he scrambles enough and tries to get out of position and keeps us cool. We've seen Habib not be able to take people down in the fourth and fifth round. i Quinta. And Habib can get tired. I mean he's human. F- fourth and fifth round, I think, is Justin's key to win. I think fourth and fifth round if he can avoid those takedowns, if Habib gets tired and Justin is uh has good enough cardio, he can try to knock Habib out or maybe take it to decision and win a close fight. But the issue is is Habib gets a lot of ten eight rounds because of how much he dominates in the early rounds, and he's also he doesn't get that tired. but I think if you can get him to the fourth and fifth round and he can't he can't uh, shoot on you as well, that's the only really chance you're gonna have of beating him. But I don't know, obviously, I'm biased. I'm gonna pick Habib, but I do really think that he he Justin doesn't pose as much threat to him as, like, a Tony Ferguson or a Conor, to be honest. Because I don't think he's a better striker than Conor, and I don't think he's a better grappler than Tony. Because another thing you have to think about is, I would bet my life that Justin Gaethje is not going to submit Habib. I I would bet my life. So... That's not a threat for Habib on the ground, so he can kind of fuck around a little more. With Dustin, he got caught in a guillotine, which was a pretty, pretty good guillotine by a black belt. Dustin Poirier is a black belt, and he got out of that guillotine. Not a lot of people would, but he did. Tony's a better grappler. He's fought better grapplers like Gleison Tibau. He's the only guy that Habib can really take down. But Gleison Tibau was roided to the gills and weighed 230 pounds as a fucking lightweight. So that's kind of weird. Doesn't really count, but yeah, I just feel like Justin. I feel like if you're gonna beat Habib, you need to be a guy like a Charles Oliveira, a Tony Ferguson, a Brian Ortega, Ryan Hall, some someone like that. Not those guys specifically. I think you'd beat all of them, but someone that's a good a good defensive grappler, uh, not even a good defensive grappler because I feel like Habib can take down anybody. I, I feel like he could take down Yol Romero if he really tried to. But when he takes you down, you can't be scared to go for submissions. Because Charles Oliveira, if he if he gets down, he's always throwing up submissions. And when you throw up those submissions, even if you don't get the submission, you change position, and you and you can uh, change the fight quickly, and you can get out of positions, you know. With good jiu-jitsu, you can do good hip escapes, a rubber guard, uh, something. S- anything to try to get out of that, that grasp of Habib. Because if you throw up submissions and he gets into them, obviously Habib is going to have to let go. So I just think that type of fighter is going to beat Habib. I don't think a guy that's known as a good defensive wrestler. But the thing with Justin is when you look at his fights, Michael Johnson, uh, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, James Vick, Edson Barboza, Donald Troni, Tony Ferguson. None of those guys try to take you down like Habib does. Nobody try- nobody really tries to take him Justin down. I think Dustin took him down once, but then he got back up. Um, Tony's a good grappler, but he he doesn't go for takedowns really. All the guys that he's fought, it's been striking matches. He's never fought anybody that he has to con- consistently defend takedowns from. And I do think Justin's a good defensive wrestler, but there's a difference between being able to defend takedowns from like Dustin Poirier and other wrestlers, but like Defending takedowns from Habib is going to be very, very difficult. I mean, Habib, there's training stories of him out grappling Ed Ruth, out wrestling Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth is a three-time NCAA Division I champion, Olymp- an Olympic-level wrestler probably. So I don't know, man. I, I'm a Khabib fanboy, a Habib fanboy, as, as everybody knows. But when I look at this fight and I think about it more... I don't want to jinx it, but I just feel like Habib should win 9 out of 10 times. Justin definitely has a chance, and he just pulls a lot of threats with good striking and good cardio and not giving a fuck. I think that's a good thing about him, he doesn't give a fuck. But I just feel like I don't think he'll be the guy to beat Habib. Now, there's also some other things that go into this fight. How Does Habib like fighting with no fans? How is he going to react? Uh, fighting without his dad for the first time. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things that go into this fight. I'm very excited to watch it, man. But my prediction is Habib, late third round submission. Probably a rare naked choke. And I think if he chokes out, I think if he chokes Justin Gaethje out, he, Justin's not going to tap out. That's We know that for sure. He's just going to go to sleep. So that's my prediction. Third round submission by Habib. I'm excited for the fight. Special start time. One PM Central Time I think it is. Saturday. And I will definitely be watching every fight that day. I'm very excited. And that's all I have for this podcast. That's all i that's all that's been uh taking the MMA news this week. It's just Habib and Justin videos. So I just thought I'd outline that. I'd let you guys know what I think about the fight. And now you know. And now you can go into this Saturday, uh and watch the fight yourself, and see if I if I'm uh, if I was right or if I look like a dumbass. If I get all the pics wrong, and Justin goes in there and beats the shit out of Habib, probably not gonna see me next week, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'm back next week telling you guys that Habib is the goat. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this these fights nonetheless. Thank you guys for tuning in, and peace.